This week on Talking Back, part two of our Alien podcast. Has Dean even told us what the Nostromo is yet? Talking Back. So Dean, we were talking a bit before about when their spaceship would land and it landed yeah. on the planet yeah. and the whole thing went to shit and the, yeah. the smoke was blowing everywhere and things were blowing up just because they landed on some rocks. Yeah, it's amazing. So that reminded me that there were a couple set pieces, one of them being when the ship landed and the uh, stairway came down for the people to oh, walk yeah. off of. Yeah. There was, that was a set piece. And then there was a set piece of the engineer when, mm-hmm. they, when they meet the engineer's corpse. Right. So they built these sets, and when they had the actors come to the set and stand by the sets, the actors were too tall for these sets. Okay. They made them look like too small. Right. Interesting. So what they did to compensate for that was Ridley Scott got his two kids and then the cinematographer's kid to dress up in spacesuits. No way. And be the actors for this for those scenes no way yeah and w- after knowing that on the rewatch that is amazing it was hilarious That's so funny because when you look at it you can clearly tell they're kids yeah they're the size of kids and wow. they do such a great job That's with the amazing. kids of like walking and making their way to the like just yeah. being directed and doing what they're supposed to do on your next watch yes pay attention definitely. to those two scenes and look for children in spacesuits i <laughs> It's so perfect. I will definitely look for it's children. It's so perfect. Space. And the other thing That's was that so those, funny. Sp- those spacesuits they made, yeah. apparently they were so hot without uh, any sort of good air system that the actors were mostly coming, most of them were coming very, very near to passing out. Yeah. The same thing got translated to the kids too. They had these suits with the kids okay. and the kids were just about passing yeah. out. And then after the kids just about passed out, they decided to put oxygen in these suits so okay. that people wouldn't be passing out yeah those suits look great they look like, great but they also look they look like they look heavy duty you know what i would actually like to be in one of those suits right now yeah do you know why why because it'd be a little bit cooler than this studio right am i right right we just came back from break and the best part about break is breathing getting some fre- fresh air fresh air we only had to take that break because I was about to pass out from yeah. heat exhaustion. Yeah. So I've been thinking about taking up smoking just so we could have like smoke 15, breaks. Yeah, just yeah, like just half an hour break breaks. every 15, just, 20 minutes. Yeah, just so we could get out of it's here. It's not the worst idea. The studio is hot. It's hot. We need um we need an air conditioner. And you know what? Maybe one day we can afford one. Maybe one day this Maybe. podcast can afford a air yeah. conditioner. First stop is paying you an appropriate co-host rate right not part-time but full-time making a full-time employee it's and then it's an air conditioner yeah you got to get paid for the title so that's right uh but 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 those suits getting back to those suits i love the the sort of like exhaust that's coming out of the top of their heads on those suits like just the whatever carbon dioxide maybe that's just like just being vented out of the top of the suits like what a great idea and what a great visual Mm -hmm. of them walking but a noise and a visual. Yes. Like you get everything. Yeah. Just watching them walk in that scene. And another scene where it's just like, this is how people would kind of talk and walk. Mm-hmm. Like this is how they would be when they're just sort of exploring something they don't really know about. Yeah. Um, there's like a couple scenes of sort of some video that's being re- relayed from Dallas. And he's just kind of like, okay, like we're out here. We're going to walk to this, this spacecraft. And... 
then they kind of lose connection and you don't get any more of it. But in those scenes, I'm like, this actually feels like real footage. This feels like yeah. someone on their iPhone nowadays who would just pull it out and be like, okay, yeah, we're walking yeah, we're now. Checking this this is where we're going. We're, yeah. we're going here. Yeah. yeah. Just keeping you it's just abreast another, of what we're doing. It's just another thing in this movie where it's like you really feel kind of grounded in it. It's it, it's a movie in outer space where it has to be it has to be a, a natural and regular thing that you could come across an alien and that you are in deep space, but also it has to feel like your world. It has to feel like you can relate to these people. Mm. That's exactly what I feel with everything that's going on here, yeah. um, especially the way it's filmed. Yeah. Did you know that Sigourney Weaver on set found out she was allergic to cats? And I that there did were four notice. different... Jo- jo- what are they? Joneses? Jonesy? Jonesy or Jones, but they Jones. call him Jonesy. Yeah. Four Jonesies? Yes, she was very... But she didn't tell anybody. No? No, because she didn't want anybody... To... She, well, she didn't want she didn't want it to get in the way of her getting that role. Right. So she, didn't, she just, like, sucked it she up. Sucked it up. Um, Good for her. She had a really tough time on set because I, Ridley Scott seems like a very like, nice guy and sweet guy. Um, but it sounds like he does a lot of things sort of in the name of art. Yeah. And he kind of gave her the gears in the name yeah. of art, mm-hmm. um, which is when we tell these stories, they're going to be, you know, and you kind of cringe a little bit for what she had to go through, but yeah. it comes across on the screen. But he, he basically told, um, Parker. Yes. Parker, uh, uh, uh Yafit Kodo. Mm-hmm. He told him to, be mean to her basically give her a hard time in between takes in between takes yeah like so that when you get to the scenes yeah where you're together she's aggravated with you and she doesn't like you i like it though because it kind of like i I hate that she got like abused off set but it in the name of art when you're when you when you watch it again (laughs) with that in mind yeah she is so pissed off at him in the scenes and he's a bit of a dictator in the scenes as well so and he he has said that he didn't really like oh, he felt bad that he had this. to do it. Yeah. But Scott told him basically, you know, when you're when you're off camera, also sort of be a little mean to her, like she's a first timer and like you don't really respect her and like give her the gears a bit. And he did, and she was annoyed with him. And yeah. it works perfectly for her character. Mm-hmm. Um also there's a scene, it's it's actually in the director's cut, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but there's a scene where Lambert actually slaps uh ripley after uh, they come back into the ship because ripley was not allowing them back in the ship but then ash lets them back in so there's a scene where they first see each other after that and she goes and slaps her and all the takes were sort of you know missing 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 and then uh ridley scott said hit her on this one Mm. and she went and slapped her on the take that we get in the movie so she and it's a hard it's in the it's in the um director's cut yeah and uh sigourney weaver has said it's great for the footage but i teared up after i got hit and she's like i didn't like that because i didn't think that that was what ripley would do in that situation i didn't think she'd tear up after being slapped she wouldn't she wouldn't because she was so firm in her decision that that wasn't the right thing to do right even if she hurt their feelings she knew she hurt their feelings so it didn't matter that she was getting slapped so she actually didn't like that and i feel like maybe that's a reason it wasn't in the original theatrical release mm. um because she didn't feel like it fit with the character maybe she had that talk with scott that yeah. it didn't fit with the character that's cool so yeah. that that's a that's a really good scene where kane 
has the face hugger is on him. Um, they, yeah. They've gone to this beacon and they've found... Well, they didn't find the beacon, but on the way to the beacon, they found these eggs. And yeah, they're and, investigating these eggs. And on the way there, Ripley realizes it might be a worm. It yeah. might not be an we don't. Yeah, we don't know what it is. It's no. just, it's a beacon, right? Yeah, it's, not, my, it's not a warning signal. It's not an, an, well, an invite signal. It's a. It's just a signal. Right, they, th- they think it's an SOS. They think it's a, yeah, they think yeah. it's a call for help. But she says. We don't know what it is. But she says that she, like, starts to look at it, actually, and that she thinks it's a warning. She thinks that, and then Ash is like, ah, oh, what can you do now? Like, well, they're already, they're already out of range. Like, this is already where they're out of contact. She wants to go out there. She wants to go out there and tell them about it because she yeah. thinks it's a warning. And Ash would say that to her for reasons um, that are for Ash reasons. to anyone who's seen it. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that really quick because what uh, what happens in that scene yeah. is that Kane comes back, the captain. Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. And... Uh, Lambert. Lambert come back with him. They're helping yeah. him back. Yeah. And they want to get in. They got to get in because they got to help him out. Get this alien off his face. And Ripley is just going by protocol. She says, I'm not letting you in. Yeah. Because that is a contaminant. That could endanger the rest of the crew. How great is that scene? It's great. She's so firm on she's it. She's so firm. And she's like, she's not even just like an asshole about it. No. She's just like, I understand that you need to get in. I understand he needs to get to the infirmary, but, but I'm not I doing can't it. do this. I'm not doing I it. can't let you in. It's the captain, too. The captain is outside. Yeah. But she's he says, acting. He says that's an order. Yeah. And she says, I I, I hear you. She's in charge when I when can't he's do it. gone. Yeah. When he's out of ship, she is in charge. Yeah. When him and Kane are out of ship, she is in charge. So she and holds firm. She says, she's, I can't it's that scene is so good. Like great. we could hate her in that moment because she's not letting them in. And we don't, we are on her side. We're on her side for not letting people in because she's so firm in her sort of belief about it. And just like, and it's true. She's, she'd be putting of course more people's lives in danger. She just makes it so like you really understand what she's saying to them. Ash walks over to the door, <laughs> opens the door, hits the open button it just opens and the they're door. in. Yeah. And they're in. And that's uh, oh, uh, that was an order from the yeah, captain. Yeah, it was an order from the captain. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you do that, Ash? Oh, the captain was ordering. Yeah. Well, okay, so <laughs> Ash lets them in. Yeah, and that's because Ash is an android sent by the company. I guess it, there's some questions. Like, here's what is what is his purpose on that ship? Is I his think... purpose on the ship that just in case they encounter some sort of species or creature, his programming now reverts to do whatever you can to bring this species back. Yes. What I love about this is that the crew is battling this alien and it's already so difficult, such a difficult situation. Yeah. And yet at the same time, they're battling with Ash. Totally. Who is sabotaging everything that they're doing in an attempt to kill this alien. Yeah. Because his purpose is to bring it back, is to keep it alive. It they almost didn't even need more than the alien because yeah. the alien is so imposing. But then they do throw in this android who is is almost as powerful as the alien. Like it's totally. it's a superhuman. Yeah, it it can throw humans around. It can't be killed by you know a gunshot or a, a crowbar across the head. It's a bit of a superhero. Yeah, and it's on the side of the alien. It's interesting because the alien is sort of 
chaotic, right? The alien is just going to kill anyone that it comes in contact with if it feels like it. But the android's mission is to make sure the alien survives and all of the humans are trying to kill it. So the android actually has a mission to stop the humans, whereas the alien is sort of kind of chaotic, right? It's, it's, not, it's not really out there just to kill humans. It's just doing its thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the android is there to stop the humans. So you're right. Even though he's not maybe as powerful, he's more determined to stop them. And this is, Ash is kind of, uh, what I mentioned before, is the note that the studio, Brandywine, came up with. They came up with Ash, which Danny O.B. has to, uh, is the only thing he basically gives the studio credit for. Um, mm. I, think he's, I think he's a little bit reluctant to give the studio any credit for anything because he wasn't able to direct the movie and he thinks they made, you know, they took too much control over it. But they came up with Ash and he says, yeah, you know what? That's a That's good one. great. That's a great Ash addition. was great addition to this movie. And that carried on through all the yeah, for sure. all the movies. That one was and now, a staple. And now what's your main character of the whole franchise? David. Yeah, in the new ones. Basically, David the android is your main character. Yeah. Um, maybe not in Prometheus, but by the time you get to Covenant, kind of. Well, for sure. Right? For sure, yeah. Like, he's your main character. Yeah. It just, we come back to sort of Hollywood and all these all these creative minds who are in a room trying to figure things out and the things that stick, and then years later, 40 years later, are still alive and are still the main points of the yeah. whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had a note to Ridley Scott to get rid of this, like, they weren't called, he didn't call them engineers at that point, but get rid of this ship that they go, like get rid of this room they go to where there's this, this guy sitting with his chest burst open. We don't need that. They can just get to the ship and go to the eggs. They don't need this, this scene. Mm-hmm. Without that, there's no Prometheus, right? Like that scene also, it's, it's so good. It's, it's so I remember good. being so like, just confused and amazed yeah. by that. Because like you said, you don't need that scene, but what it adds is just, it adds a layer of confusion for you, for the viewer. Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Nobody knows what that is. That's something that's not of this film. Um, that's exactly that, it. It lets you know there was more going on in this world, yeah. but we're not even telling you about it yeah. because that's that's nothing. And they don't, they don't touch on it for so long, yeah. right? They don't touch on it until basically movie number five yeah. prometheus which is amazing when we when we yeah. get back to it but i would assume that somebody had an idea about that like who who wrote it, the engineers in yeah ridley scott ridley scott right ridley scott because he had, brings it back he had this idea that he has the whole idea that the um the alien takes the form of whatever it's in so that's sort of his beginning to that idea um and he kind of takes that on in Prometheus and Alien Covenant, he gets more into that. But he had that idea in Alien. He had the idea right away that that's why this alien kind of walks and looks like a man is because it started in a man. Yeah. Um, So he had the idea of the engineers and having it, you know, this, this idea is amazing that there's this crash ship. And like you said, it's not just a crash ship. Where the like this is kind of where Danny O'Brien comes or who Danny O'Bannon Danny O'B Danny O okay this is where he comes into play again 
where it's like they not just they came upon a ship that was crashed on a planet and an alien snuck on the ship because like an alien snuck onto their vessel because of that they get to this ship that's from another movie right this is not from their movie this is from Mm -hmm. another movie with some other character in the pilot seat whose yeah. chest is burst open. Yeah. And there's all these eggs. They've walked into something else. There's a whole story behind it what you're even looking at. doesn't feel... It's insane to be in this movie. I can't believe it did survive this movie. I'm thankful that Ridley Scott was like, no, this scene needs to be in there. Yeah. Because I can see a studio saying, what is this? Mm-hmm. This doesn't need to be in there. This isn't part of this movie. And he's saying... Yeah, that's the point. The point is it's not part of this movie. There's you know, a whole world. You know what might might have helped with all that? Was that H.R. Uh, Giger painted that entire set by hand. Yes. The entire engineer set. Yes. He was only initially commissioned to design the alien. Yeah. Um, but they kept him on for a couple of things. Yeah. And one of them was to, to basically paint and design the engineer's yeah. set. That spaceship? Is like a, a a bone. It's like a rib. Yeah, right. It's it so is. weird. Yeah. Giger is so obsessed or good at mixing mechanical with organic. Mm-hmm. Like things that things that you think should be mechanical look organic, and things that should be organic look mechanical. Yeah. And it's this it's this crazy visuals you can get. Like he, we haven't really got into Giger a lot. Let's um, get into him right now. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. He. He, cr- like he created a, the alien. He created, he created the, the design for the alien. And and the face hugger and the ship. Oh, so the the, yeah. the the whole the whole idea of the alien and what the alien looked like was pulled from um a painting that Giger did several years well not several, but I think it's like three or four years before the movie, mm-hmm. uh called Necronom Four. So if you want to look up Necronom 4, this picture will come up. It'll look very much like an alien, like what the alien looks like. But his painting is not an alien because that didn't even exist. Yeah. He was just doing a sur- like a surreal painting. Um, and I'm, I don't know his influences behind doing it, but it was what it was. Right. The, head, is... the head of this creature, it looks very much like an alien, but the head of the creature looks looks a bit like a penis what yeah you should look this up but also not safe for work um this his his all of his paintings and his illustrations are he's very obsessed and focused with sort of female and male genitalia like a lot of his well who's not obsessed with female <laughs> and male genitalia <laughs> I don't see it in a lot of your artwork, though, Tim. Like, this guy... Did I say that aloud? <laughs> oh, no. It's the heat. This heat's getting to me. Okay, time. Edit. Edit, edit that the... out. Yeah, cut that out. Cut that out. That is out for sure. Okay, okay. the penis talk is out. Um, yeah, he's kind of... Giger is... Like, if you look at... Just, just Google H.R. Giger right now, and you'll see all of these... Images that come up are are very sexual, very, they they look like, you know, they look like genitalia, both male and female. And that is sort of the alien. If you look at the alien, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what it it looks like. They asked asked him to take that picture, design the alien based on that. Yeah. And my goodness, not a whole lot changes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
when 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 O'Bannon saw his work because they they connected on Dune, like I said earlier, he said his artwork disturbed him, and as we said earlier, that's who's going for. He wanted an alien in this movie that wasn't a beach ball, something yeah. that scared him. Mm-hmm. And so when he saw this guy's work, he's like, I don't really like it. I don't. It makes me feel weird. This yeah. is what I need. This is what I need in my movie. Yeah, he wanted to terrify everybody. Yeah, and he wanted... and, and he does. Oh, it's a. Uh iconic creature 100 percent. i don't know if there's a more iconic when you think of the word alien i don't think there's a more iconic creature than this alien no and it has multiple stages to it the let's talk about that the case on my phone is an evolutionary chart that's amazing it's an evolutionary chart of the alien progression that's awesome you got a face hugger and it looks like it's attacking a human and the human is trying to get it off. And then it's turned into an alien, then a bigger alien, and then the queen. Yeah. So it starts... Whoa, that's cool. It starts egg. I like that. It starts egg. Then it starts with a man sort of grabbing his he's face because he's got a face hugger on. Then it starts with a man with bursting it, the, 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 the chest burster. And then it's the regular size alien. And then, yeah, it's the queen. And it's, it's just this evolutionary chart. It's... I can't believe there's all these stages to this alien. Like this okay. is, this again is a point in the in it that's just kind of genius. That why would anyone go to these lengths to make the antagonist of the movie have evolutionary stages? It's sort right. of an idea that a studio would be like, you don't need it. Cut the fat. It's like pretty cut br- that it's out. Pretty brilliant. It is brilliant. Why would this be in there? Why would you see this? And it's it's so important to the movie. It's so important to the alien getting on board. It's so important to the moment where you feel so terrified for Kane. He's gone. Kane is gone. This thing is attached to his face and keeping him breathing. A point that I love that he is only alive and staying breathing because this thing that's attached to his face wants it to be that yeah, way. Because it needs to be alive. It needs to be that way. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And he's cool, and they're fine, and they have this lunch scene where, you know, yeah, everything's the same. Everything's the same as the breakfast scene. They're all joshing around, and then it bursts out of his chest. Like, that. Okay. Yeah, go. Good, great. Bursts out of his chest. Yeah. Let's talk about this scene. This is a super iconic scene. It's the, the scene. It might be the scene of any movie. It's the scene of this movie. It's the scene of any sci-fi movie. It's been parodied so many times yeah. by so many different yeah. things. I mean, if we go sci-fi movie scenes, like Luke, I Am Your Father, and this, yeah. one and two, I don't know which which is which, but those are those are the sci-fi scenes. Yeah. Right? Ultra iconic. Yeah. So this is where the face hugger has come off Kane. He's kind of back to being okay, and everybody's like, oh, great, Kane is, Kane is back. Um, he's hungry, so they're having a meal. They're laughing yeah. and joking. At this point in the movie, you feel like everything is okay. You're actually more relieved because this alien face hugger is gone. Kane starts to choke. Uh, people think he's choking on food. They try mm-hmm. to help him out. Uh, he like falls back first onto the table. Um... This is my favorite scene with Brett, where he's always smoking. 
he's pretend you know like pretending but he's like doing his best to help Kane get pinned down but he's got this look on his face yeah. like you know like am I getting paid for this yeah he's still got the, <laughs> totally. still got the smoke in his mouth totally as this violent yeah. person is like fighting and flailing and he's just got his hands on him and yeah. having the smoke and I love this this Loved point it. that he just only listens to whatever Parker has to say yeah you know so he's just like am yeah. I supposed to be doing this yeah. like what am I supposed to do Parker like, yeah, I love this so I love this great acting by by brett yeah um and then uh yeah what we get is this uh alien bursting out of kane's chest so a new a new creature so the the face hugger had impregnated him and gestated in his chest and then when it was large enough burst out of his chest yes and ran across the table and everybody in the room is just kind of like like what in the fuck just happened nobody even yeah. like really reacts too much there is reaction now do you know what the reaction was from yeah, yeah. do you, you want to do you want me to go ahead and you can go ahead you're going I'll just keep yeah. going I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going so yeah. this scene was done in one take like yes this scene is done in one take i'm not 100 percent sure what that means like i i know what one take means but there's there are cuts in this scene like, it okay. cuts around. So, so here you go. I'll explain that to okay, you. Okay, go. This was done in one take, which means everybody's in the room. Mm-hmm. The cameras are set up. They say roll. They do the scene. They say cut. It's over. They never do it again. They had four cameras set up. Okay. Okay. That, four okay. different cameras. So they there, have four yeah. different... Sh- so they can make four different cuts if yeah. they want to. Because they wanted legitimate reactions to this scene. Yeah. So they didn't tell the actors what was coming. Yeah. What was in the script mm-hmm. that the actors slash actresses knew, read and yeah. knew was this, quote unquote, the thing emerges. Right. That's what was in their script. Yeah. So they don't know what's coming. They don't know anything. They just know. They don't Kane, know anything. Kane's having an issue and the thing emerges. What does that mean? Yeah. The thing emerges. How do you go into a scene as an actor and just... The thing emerges, like, the, yeah. Well, if I went, if I went in, I'd be like, "Oh, the thing emerges." Why well, don't this? This doesn't involve me. Yeah, I don't have to worry about this. Yeah, right. This I just kind of stand yeah. around. Yeah, whatever. The thing emerges. So what they did, and is is very funny because Sigourney Weaver, in uh, a response to being asked about this, yeah, when we walked in, the crew were all wearing rain jackets. Interesting. And at that point, we should have known something was going on. Yeah. Basically, what happens is that when the alien bursts out, they start shooting real blood onto the cast. Yes. Like like, high-powered blasts of blood. I don't know what it is. I've heard fake blood. I've heard pig's blood. I've heard ox blood. Basically, I think it's... It's always the animal blood. Real blood. It's like what they, yeah, it's like what they would do in, in horror movies up to this point where they would use pig or ox or whatever right. blood and dump it on someone. Um, that is, that is what this is. Yeah. So the, the reaction that you're getting in that scene is legit real reaction yeah. from the actors yeah. who had no idea what was going to yeah. happen. Lambert in particular. Yeah. Who literally fell to the ground. Well, Lambert 
and Parker, but Lambert yeah. fell to the ground. She yeah. like shrieked, shrieked, fell to the ground, yeah. fell to the ground. Do you know why? Because of the force of the blood. Oh yeah, pushed her over. Yeah, so she gets covered in blood, blood in the face, knocked yeah. over. Yeah. Parker was apparently so disturbed. Yeah, he stormed off set. Yeah. and wouldn't talk to anybody for four hours. Yeah, he was so upset so by you it. You gotta tell me about this shit. Yeah, yeah, but what you get out of that is one of the most iconic movie scenes ever. One take. If you've never seen Alien, you still know about the scene. Before I had seen Alien, yeah, well, I, I knew, knew about it before. I, I knew it. the scene. I knew it before I saw it. I'd seen Spaceballs or yeah. whatever that it parodies it. Mm-hmm. Like I knew about the scene. Everybody knows about. Everyone the scene. knows about this scene. You couldn't do that nowadays. Like yeah. actors, actors, actresses would just be. They would not put up with that. No, but back and it's, I, like 30, 40, well, forty. It's forty years 40 ago. Years ago, a director could probably get away with something like that, yeah. right? Because the director's so influential and so powerful yeah. he could do stuff like that nobody would really complain right so this this alien its life cycle as strong and as powerful as the face hugger is and as the full-grown alien is it seems like their their life cycle is still fairly short you know they almost they, they almost resemble insects in a way and in this movie specifically the face hugger it seems like after it's done its job it's it's laid its egg it uh, it ends up just kind of dying on its own right mm-hmm. because they find it's just dead they find the face hugger dead yeah right it makes me think that it's it's life cycle is like that short right yeah. it's got this very finite amount of time once it comes out of the egg i think when it's in the egg i think it could just it could survive there indefinitely but when it comes out, it's got this short time to impregnate. find the host, impregnate the host. Yes. Yeah. And then, then, it's done. And then it dies. Yeah. They went searching for it. They found it dead. It just fell out of a upper cabinet yeah. on top of them. Then the alien, as soon as it's born, you know, it bursts out of this guy's chest, runs across the table. It's very tiny. Mm-hmm. The next time you see it, it's larger than a full grown grown human. Yeah. And the thing is, it hasn't consumed anything. No, it's just grown. It's, it hasn't killed anybody. It hasn't eaten anything. It doesn't. It's not even really interested in eating anything. Like maybe it eats the people. So bodies but, disappear. Yeah. But with it, footage, it doesn't from, eat them. It doesn't eat them. No, from footage from the director's cut, we know it doesn't eat them. Yeah. Um. So it grows real fast. Like maybe yeah. within twelve hours, it yeah. goes from. Something the size of your hand, right? To large, to an eight foot human, right? So I, I think your your number of twelve hours is pretty accurate because they, after that scene, they cut immediately to having Kane wrapped up and about to be sort of shot out of the airlock. So that's got to take some time. So we already know that the cut to there took a lot of time. Yeah. And then there's sort of planning on what to do and going to look for it. And it, so it can't be too long because it, that's a, that's a situation. It's right? not a full day. No. But I like your twelve hours, where it's like it's at least between a couple hours and twelve hours because you still got to wrap that body up. You got to get that body to where it's got to be, and then you got to shoot it out the airlock. How long is this alien on the ship? Maybe thirty six hours. Would you say? I'd say less. Oh, uh, like. Like from Facehugger? No. No. The full grown. From 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 the chest burst to the end. 
24 eight, hours? Maybe 24 36 hours. 36 hours? Yeah, 24, like 36, yeah. So... No longer than that. One small bit of controversy is, is at the end of the movie where Ripley gets into the shuttle mm-hmm. and has blown up the other ship. Super expensive ship. Yeah. She's going to get into all sorts of shit if she ever gets back home. For sure. She blew up 20 million tons of right. mining ore. Also, the alien ship. that she was supposed to bring and the back. alien, which is the most, <laughs> the ex- most, the most lucrative thing. Yeah. But she blows that all up. Yeah. She gets into the escape pod. Yeah. But the alien's on it. Yeah. But the alien is kind of like huddled up in a the, the overhead like storage bin. The alien's snoozing. It's She's snoozing. having a nap. It's snoozing. Yeah. And I didn't really get it. Like, why is it snoozing? He's sleeping. Yeah. The, the rest of the movie, it's just been attacking anybody totally. who's there and yeah. crushing them. He's tired. He's tired. He's a tired boy. <laughs> He's tired. Yeah. I think his like his life cycle is yeah. coming to an end. Okay. I think they live like real short, real aggressive lives. That's interesting. And at the end, every other stage has. It was. It was like yeah. at its own life's end. Yeah. And it didn't have. Like a lot left. Because yeah. she was right there. And oh, he just, easily could have done anything And to he her. just moved because he was dreaming, sleeping, he whatever was super it was. Lethargic. He was not awake. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. You don't really get that in a lot no. of the other movies. No. Because they don't really deal with it. But I, yeah. I think that's what was happening there. It's just... Yeah. So when you're dealing with one of them, if you kind of outlasted, that's it's not that bad. If you got to deal with a lot of them, a lot of face huggers... Yeah. And a lot of the alien creatures, then it can be a bit more difficult. Right. Like the sequel. Right. Yeah. But in that situation, I think that's what was happening. Yeah. Which allowed Ripley to ultimately win in the end. Yeah, I think that's because good... otherwise if you if you look at that movie and Ripley is in that escape pod with the alien of halfway through that movie, yeah. it kills her in three seconds. I uh, think that's a good read on it because that is strange. That it's just kind of sleeping. It didn't. Doesn't it, really fit, right? It doesn't really fit. And uh, it like she was right there, and it moved. Could have killed her in a second. It moved, and then she went and hid, and it's like it didn't even know. Like it was kind of just like yeah, so lethargic in that moment. And that's where she has the like, sort of great scene where she steps into the spacesuit. She starts singing "My Lucky Star," you know, gets in and decides that she's gonna open up the airlock, straps herself into a chair. Like, it's it's unbelievable scene. But during that whole time, she's been right face... She's there. She's been right face to face with the alien, and it didn't even know she was there. Well, I think it knew, because it knows. But did it? Because she went and hid in, the in like, sort of the, the closet where the spacesuit is, and it didn't move, it didn't get up, and then well, she got into the spacesuit. Then... Then she pressed the buttons to, like, make all the fog. Well, she's trying to piss it off on purpose. Right? Yeah. yeah. She, she's yeah. doing things to it. Get it out of there. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's, like, it's it's been so aggressive so quickly, but its lifespan is over. Yeah. But it, the rest of the movies don't go into that. No, they don't really. It's interesting, though. Yeah. The, uh, the ending also, the original ending for the movie was that Ripley gets the escape pod and the movie ends. Right. So there's no alien after that. She gets to the escape yeah. pod and that's that's done. She actually blows up the ship and, and the, the alien dies on a ship, yeah. And then but they wanted uh they wanted more. Yeah. They wanted then they wanted that the alien kills her at the end in the escape pod. Yeah. That it like crushes her head or something. But do you, and it survives. Do you know the spe- okay. There's specifics to that. 
Well, what if, I don't know the specifics. Well, the specifics were going to be spoilers, my what if. Uh, well, hold on then. Okay. Because we're not, we'll, we're not we'll, at what if yet. We'll get to the specifics. Unless you want to do what if right now. Insert music. For this movie is Ridley Scott. Hold on, I'm about. I'm just. I'm gonna put my seatbelt on right here. Okay. Yeah. Buckle it up. Mm-hmm. Are you in your spacesuit? The uh, seatbelt's on. Okay, I'm about to open the airlock. My <laughs> spacesuit's on. It's okay. far okay. more refreshing than the air in the. Where's Jonesy? Where's Jonesy at? Jonesy? Yeah. Jonesy one, two, three, or four. <laughs> Jonesy one? one. Jonesy one. Jonesy one. Yeah. The ending that Ridley Scott wanted, like you said. The alien in the shuttle actually kills Ripley. Yes. By biting off her head as she's leaving the log and then sits down and finishes the log in her voice. What? Yes. This is the ending. Wait, what? Yes. This, this is, is the what ending Ridley Scott wanted? Ridley Scott wanted. He wanted the alien to be able to bite off her head and then finish the log in her voice. That would have been weird as fuck. What if this was the ending to the movie? How does the rest of the Alien franchise look? And I don't don't think it ruins everything of the rest of the Alien franchise. I just think it makes it different. Huh. Right? Like, how interesting does it make the rest of the franchise if this alien can now talk as something that it's consumed? Ridley Scott wanted that to be the ending? Wanted that to be the ending, and they said no. Can you call him right now? Yeah, I will uh, call. I'm going to pull up Ridley. Call, find his phone number I'm going to pull him up and call him. Because we need to talk to him about this. That is the This ending. is confusing. I know. It doesn't fit. I think this is why Danny O.B. <laughs> wrote it. Yeah. And not Ridley, but that's interesting. Right? Well, Okay. I would say first and foremost, I am shocked and a little bit appalled if yeah. that is the ending. Yeah. I think it would be very confusing and strange. But what we know about these aliens that we get through watching multiple movies is that they aren't just raw anger creatures running off instinct. Mm-hmm. They're highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of don't mind it for that reason. Like I think that they could act. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they are really intelligent. That isn't beyond them. I almost like that more for a later alien yeah. rather than the first. And if that was his idea, I'm actually surprised he didn't, he didn't try to incorporate in it. What? I'm surprised he didn't do it in Prometheus. Oh, I thought you said he did it in Prometheus. No, I'm surprised he didn't do it in Prometheus. Me too. Maybe he realized that that's not the way to go, but I could see that. Like, perhaps he came up with an idea, and then the studio was like, no, it doesn't fit. And he's like, yeah, you're right, that doesn't fit. Yeah. But as an, I just come back to my phone case, the evolutionary cycle. Right. right. So it's taking it's, it's, on. It's, it's going from facehugger. It's going to this little chest burster. Then it's growing into this alien. And now, okay, it bites off the head of, a woman and now can talk like her. That's the next stage. Like, 
now it's now it's pretend or, or just taking on these um you know these attributes of a human mm-hmm. and i i don't mind it it would it would i been, don't mind it i like what we have i don't want it i don't want I, it. I don't want it i don't want it i don't want it but it's an interesting what if to see where that franchise would have gone i don't think it would have gone as well I agree. It would have been a great alternate ending to uh, include. I think they try to go that route a little bit in Alien Resurrection. Yeah, okay. And it didn't get taken very well. No, by, true. By critics and the audience. So I think it I think it would have failed ultimately. Yeah. But that is very interesting that yeah. that's what he wanted. Yeah, because now sort of the the idea of the alien is just kind of a being of, you know, like a kind of pure rage, right? These, yeah. these things just are attacking and you got to survive it or you got to find a way to escape it. Um, not that it could trick you. I, ki- I kind of like it if that is the solo movie. There's yes. nothing else to come. I would agree with that. If there was nothing else, That's, I could sort of get on board I with that. I could kind of get on board if that there's nothing else. But I mean, to... I, again, I don't want it different than what it is. Um, I'm kind of, I'm the person who still watches the theatrical version over the director's cut. How dare you do that? Um, <laughs> I, I like the pure theatrical version. I like the things in it. Um, director's cut has some good additions, but. Well, tell us about those. I know the the sure. theatrical version is longer than the director's cut. Right. The which director's... is super rare. Yeah. Normally the director's cut is 20, 30, 40 minutes longer than the theatrical version. Right. Theatrical version is longer than, than the director's cut, but by only less than a minute. So there's a few extra scenes that they that really Scott puts into the director's cut. And uh, he in order to add those extra scenes. Um, he feels that speeding up the first hour of the movie is is how to accomplish, um, you know, being able to throw those slower scenes into the end, like to be able to throw those slow down scenes into the end. So there's actually just a bunch of cuts where scenes are shorter and okay. th- at the beginning and like they're kind of moving a bit quicker to get to the action. So um, like talking, talking around the breakfast table is a little shorter, landing the plane, like landing the aircraft's a little shorter. They just cut a couple of things out. Um, but kind of the big things, the big differences, um, that in the director's cut, uh, there's a scene added where the whole crew actually hears the transmission from LV-426. And uh, they're a little perplexed by it so like they before they land they actually get to stand around it's after breakfast and they actually stand around and they hear the transmission and they're like oh gee like oh my what is that what is the transmission so the, the transmission is the sos signal it's just nothing it's just it's just signal coming it's through like a but, weird sound but like they know like they they kind of know that it's something that's something weird. weird yeah okay. so they know what they're getting like it, it, it's a it's a scene to kind of show you that that makes sense because yeah. i think brett and parker are asking for more money for doing like for rerouting and going to yeah. this planet yeah so the director's cut is just it's just kind of a slightly different movie it's not like here's some additions that really help you it's yeah. like it's just a slightly different it's movie fresh. so they cut it a little bit different. Yeah, you get like this, like for that scene in particular, you get this moment where 
it's like, okay, they know what they're getting into. So either you're watching a movie where they don't know what they're getting into, or you're watching a movie where they know what they're getting into. Right. So, it, and then the next the scene that was cut out kind of goes along with that. So it, it's Kane when he's up with the egg and he's looking at the egg and he's like, what, what, what is going on with this egg? And it opens and he pulls out a gun. So that's in the director's cut. That's not in the, the actual theatrical cut. He pulls out a gun. So you know that he's like, okay, uh, I know that this is an issue and I'm ready for it. That's the only difference. Then he drops it below the camera level and then it continues on as it usually goes. Right. Um, so another thing where it's like he, they know what they're getting into with this. Like he knows that he should have a gun with him. So that's just another, another difference. Then there's the scene I mentioned earlier where Lambert slaps Ripley after getting back on the ship where she didn't let them in. Right. Um, I like this scene. Uh, I kind of wish this scene was in there, but I can see that uh, Ripley sort of getting slapped and then maybe tearing up a bit after it wasn't exactly what uh, Sigourney Weaver thought the character should be doing. There's This one's weird. I mean, it's not weird because I, I, I think I get it, but there's this dialogue in the theatrical version between Ripley and Dallas. Uh, you'll probably remember because you just watched it recently, but it's about Ash. And Ripley says, like, do you trust Ash? Have you ever gone on a mission with Ash? And Dallas says, I've been with a science officer for the last five years. Two days before we shipped out, they added Ash to the right. team. Yeah. That whole thing's cut from the director's cut. Oh, It just ends before that. They don't oh. have that conversation. That was important. That's it's important, it's important to know about Ash yeah. and to know that, you know, that's they should really think about whether they trust Ash or not. But I get it as being cut for sort of Dallas's purposes of like being able to trust Ash. Cause he just lets Ash do whatever he wants. Right. He's yeah. just like, he's a science officer. He can do whatever he wants. It's like, really? He just well, got added to your team two days ago and you're not even considering like, but there, there was a moment where it seemed like Ash mm-hmm. science officer actually has control of the mission. Yeah. And Dallas yeah, at one point was like, i I don't have control of this. It's it yeah. ultimately it goes to the science officer. So, and so then then it does come back to that dialogue should be in there because then he's just like I don't know. They replaced a science officer two days ago. What am I to do? Like what what can I do about it? And I got to listen to him. You know, it's just that again. It's that moment where he has to kind of surrender to whatever Ash has to say. Yeah. So it's interesting that it, it was cut, but. There's another scene where Brett's death is a kind of extended. Um, the interesting part about this, and I was looking for this when I watched it, because I think the last time I watched it, I watched the director's cut, and this time I watched the theatrical cut, because I, I just enjoy that one a little bit more. But when he's under, when, when Brett's under the water, or under, like, under the chains, and he's getting the water falling down on his face, they cut to the chains, and the alien is actually swaying in the chains. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time you ever see the alien. Um, so they thought, you know what, like we should, if we're doing Jaws in space, we should hold off on seeing the alien. So yeah. like for the first time, we shouldn't just show it hanging there. Right. Um, it's interesting because you don't really know what you're looking at. You're looking at chains and something that looks kind of like tubular and mechanical. Yeah. Right. And so you don't really know that that's what it looks like. But so I like it in, in that way, but I, I do realize that they're like, you know what, let's cut that because... That's not going to be the first time we see it. We want to hold off on it a bit. Yeah. Um, then a couple more. It's like the infamous cocoon scene, which has been sort of talked about for years that this thing exists. And then it finally came out in 2003 in the director's cut where uh, Brett and Dallas are actually changing into eggs. 
Yeah. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And in no way the way James Cameron took the franchise. And that was in the theatrical, right? No, that's in the director's cut. Well, because I watched the theatrical Mm -hmm. for this podcast and I noticed that. That it's not in there? that that, That was happening. So I think, but it was subtle. I think maybe it was more pronounced in the director's cut. But the last time I watched it, I actually, and it was a theatrical cut, I noticed and I said, are they changing into eggs? Well, because it looked like there were eggs yes, forming underneath them. That scene isn't in the theatrical at all. No, that is a theatrical. No, it's the director's cut. That egg, that scene with Brett and Dallas at the end where he says, kill me, isn't, yeah. in, isn't in the theatrical. Well, then I must have accidentally You might have accidentally done the director's cut, I think. That must have been what happened. Because it's it's not in it at all. Because it comes when... Ripley's running through the yeah, whole it's near the end yeah it's near yeah. the end where Ripley's running through the whole spacecraft and trying to get to the escape pod and they thought it slowed it down a bit because that ending needs to be her just sort of like her life is on the line yeah. she's gotta run it's gotta hurry you Actually, gotta keep I loved it for that reason that she took the time it slows it to down s- to yeah. stop yeah I like this scene um and I can see why he releases it in 2003 because he's like, well, I didn't want it to go with a queen, with a queen alien who lays the eggs. I wanted it to go with the alien takes right. people, takes victims and turns them into eggs. Yeah. And then the eggs become with a face, face huggers inside and it's all the cycle. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. I love... I, I don't... I, I actually the way sort of the franchise has gone, I don't love that it's in existence. The queen? No, I don't love that the turning into eggs, that this director's cut scene is in existence because the franchise didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like he, he kind of re-released this movie and being like, I didn't want it to go that way. I wanted to go this way, but no one knew that. Like it wasn't in your theatrical version. You cut it for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't this like big point that like no one knew it. It's not part of the movie. Like I said, there's two different movies, and it's it's not part of the theatrical cut. It's a cool idea, and it... I love the idea. It, it tightens up everything with their movie, just saying that they're... Like, again, it's great for just that movie. Right. right. Right? It's like one of those things where it's like, if it was just that movie, I like it. Yeah. But when it came out in 2003, there's already been a bunch of movies. Yeah. And they've already gone a different way, and I feel like it's Ridley Scott being like, I didn't want it to go that way. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to go that way. It was supposed to go this way. I like that moment for Ripley because she's the, the ship is already detonating. She's yeah. on her way to the escape pod. These guys are going to die in probably three minutes. Yeah. But she takes the time to stop and kill them. Well, I, th- I thought that I liked the theatrical version yeah. best. Yeah. And now I'm... It sounds like I watched the director's cut, and you like and that's the director's the one that, cut, yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't remember the differences, yeah. you know, other than what you just said. But I don't remember. The, yeah, the last, great. I think the last time I watched it before. But no, is... see something strange because I didn't see him with his gun, which is director's cut, right? Yeah, he pulls out the gun and then he puts it, and then it goes. It's just for a second. The the egg opens. He pulls out the gun and then he drops it below. Yeah. It's like it's actually one second. <laughs> Something fishy is going on. Yeah. with my viewing of this movie. Maybe just remember that scene. No, I remember watching it and thinking for the first time I saw I saw this egg. <laughs> I was like, is that an egg? Are they turning into eggs? That's definitely directors. Anyways, um. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're running. That's we're it. Running that's long it. here. That's it. So yeah. 
summarize in a couple sentences why this is your favorite movie of all time. It's hard to put to words because it's a feeling. It's a feeling the movie gives me. And it's the time it takes to get to the action. It doesn't need to start with the horror immediately. The slow pace of it sort of draws me in, makes me feel like I can relate to these characters, makes me feel like this is kind of real, like with all the low tech they have going on, like it's the future and they're in space, but they got these weird screens. Like I think in, I feel like in 79, they even had better tech than what they got on this ship. Like it's just like, this is a spaceship, but this is just one of the low end ones. You know, like this is just one of the two seater planes, you know, like there's better things out there, but this, these people work on this. And it's just that whole feeling that draws me into this makes me feel like I'm on that ship with them. And then, you know, all hell breaks loose. Um, the whole concept of the face huggers and the evolution of the whole thing, the imagery of the chest burster, all these horrific scenes. Uh, it just has everything I want in a movie and it gives me the feel that basically just of enjoyment for the whole thing. Like every minute of this movie, I am loving that I watch a movie and I'm loving movies. Like I just, it just makes me love movies. And I, I don't know if there's a specific thing I can say that makes the greatest of all time, except for the feeling, the feeling it gives me. If you're in this movie, which character are you? Oh, great question. Um... If I'm in the movie, okay, like, who do I want to be or who am I? Who are you? Who am I? You're in this movie. Which one are you? You know what? I think this is going to be, I think I'm Dallas. I think I'm the guy who's, like, been put in charge and is okay at running things and thinks, like, okay, you know, I got to do the next thing because that's my job and then dies doing it. Because I'm not great at it. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I, I'm the guy that knows it's my job to go after the alien. But once it gets to that point, like, I'm in over my head and I'm dead. Yeah. I think I'm Dallas. Awesome. Who would you be? Uh, it's a great question. I like it. Okay. Well, I didn't think you'd throw it back to me. Mm -hmm. But who am I? I'm Brett. Okay. I'm, I'm Brett. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried about how much I'm getting paid for this bullshit. Right. And I don't give a fuck about much else. Yeah. I'm just, it's, it's, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. You're smoking. I'm smoking, smoking. You're saying right all the time. Right. I got my buddy there. We hang out. Yeah. We do as little work as possible. When someone asks how long something's going to take, we add eight hours on to right. it so we can chill out for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then you know what? This is not my, this isn't my jam. Yeah. I didn't sign on for this. Totally. Really? You know what? You guys figure this out. And because I'm not helping, I get killed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah. You're just taking a shower under the water that I don't oh, know where it's coming from so or what it too. is. That's so me too. It's yeah. just, he's so hot. That's you. You know why? Because <laughs> so I wish we had that pouring in the studio oh, right man. now. I, I wish it. there was a sprinkle of cold water yeah. coming from above yeah. that I could put my face under and just cool off for a second. Yeah. It's like your friend just had something burst out of his chest. Yeah. But you're like, I need this water. It's just too I warm to in here. I need to really? this water. The reason I don't care is because it's so hot on this spaceship. <laughs> so, it you looks, know, Like we said, it's a, sweaty, it's a sweaty movie. It looks hot on that spaceship. Yeah. They are always sweating. Yeah. So, I'm Brett. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. And who would you be? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You'll want to stay tuned to Talking Back because we've got something very exciting coming up in a couple weeks. We'll share more on that next week. 
For now, we hope you're subscribed to the podcast. And if you're not, well, what's your problem? Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please leave a review wherever you find us. And remember, be careful out there. You never know where a face hugger might be hiding.